0: Well, hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. If you deliver for Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, or any of those others, this podcast is for you. They said you have to be an independent contractor, which makes you a business owner. We are here to help you think like one and claim your rights and your opportunities. Well, hey there, Courier Nation. If you've been part of this podcast journey so far, you're going to notice there's a few things that are different about this episode. Uh, The first one we're releasing quite a bit earlier in the week than usual because I normally go live on Fridays, but this week there's just some news that's getting ready to come down that I wanted to get this out early to kind of get it while everything is fresh. The other thing, other thing that you're going to notice is that usually I've got a companion post that goes with the episode that I put up on the blog, and I call it a semi-transcript. You know, it gives you something to read that goes along with it. And folks, there's there's a lot to say right now about different aspects of what's about to happen here in California that I think if I tried to cover it all as much as I wanted to on this episode, it could go really long. And so the plan is here, what I'll do is I'll put a series of posts up that I'll kind of go into a little more depth on some of the the points that I'll touch on here with this episode today. Folks, there is some earth-shaking legislation that's about to go down. And in fact, as I record this, it might be going down. I'm not sure. I haven't been able to nail down exactly when the vote is. Uh, I've heard it could be today. But California, I know he's saying California and earth-shaking, maybe that's not the best choice of words. I could probably do a little better than that. But I'll tell you what, in in our industry, it is some pretty big stuff. And I'm talking about AB5, or it's called Assembly Bill 5, you know, to get away from the initials there. It has already passed the state assembly. The Senate is expected to pass it. Uh, They expect it to pass by the end of the week, which is the end of the legislative session. And Governor Newsom in California has already announced his support to it. So it's pretty much expected to become law. And when the dust settles on this, it could more than likely mean that gig companies could no longer use independent contractors to do delivery in California. They would have to use employees. Now, it's going to take a while for everything to shake out. It's not going to happen right away. And while it is only going to affect California drivers, I think it could have A ripple effect that affects the whole country. And so I wanted to talk about that today to get into a little more about what is AB5, what are the pros and cons, at least talk about what I see as far as how I see them, and what is it going to mean for all of us if it does pass and when it passes. So let's talk a little bit about what exactly is AB5. You've probably already heard about it, But in case you haven't, what it is, is it is a bill that creates a much clearer distinction between what an employee is and what an independent contractor is. A much clearer distinction than what is at least in place already. As independent contractors ourselves, this is a very important issue to us. We want to keep our eyes on it because, folks, there's benefits to being a contractor, And I prefer being a contractor, but there are also protections that we do not get as a contractor that an employee will get. And there are a lot of abuses of the independent contractor designation. And in fact, I think in our industry are some of the worst of them. The bottom line is companies try to weasel out of their responsibility to their employees by deciding not to call them employees. And that includes us and this is legislation that is meant to curb some of those abuses. Now, it follows up on the 2018 Dynamex decision that the California Supreme Court made. Now, there have been a lot of different definitions and different levels of government use as far as defining who is an independent contractor and who isn't, and a lot of those are very subjective. And in this case, the California Supreme Court said that the ABC test is what is going to apply in California. Now, I'm going to throw this in as just an aside. It sure looks an awful lot to me like that was the court making the law, which is not their role. But, you know, I've got an issue with that, but that's that's a totally different matter altogether. But one thing is this, that the ABC test does make it much more clear than most of those definitions that are out there, and it makes it harder for companies to weasel out you've got to meet all three tests of this ABC test to be able to call somebody an independent contractor. It's not a matter of weighing one against the other like most definitions do. And the three tests are, A, the company cannot control the work. They can't set your schedule, the conditions, how you do your work, where you do your work. It is completely up to the contractor how you do your work. B, The work cannot be work that is a substantial part of the employer's business. So in other words, a plumbing company cannot hire a plumber for them. They can hire an accountant as an independent contractor, but they cannot hire a plumber as an independent contractor because that plumber is a substantial part of what they do. So the question is, are these companies that we work for, are they delivery companies? You know, and uh, so they're going to have a real hard time with that B test. The C test is the work's got to be the kind of work that is typical for an individual that would run their business that way. So a handyman, that type of work is, is typical. A customer service rep, probably not so much. So those are the three tests. And crossing the line in any one of those three would mean that you're hiring an employee. You've got to meet the obligations that a company has to their employee. And this is a huge thing for gig economy companies, and especially in our industry, because it's going to be real hard for them to make a case that they could pass all three tests. And so that's why this is something that's very important, and it's something very important for us to keep our eyes on. So here's the question then. If this passes, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Let's talk a bit bit about the pros and the cons as far as what this is going to mean, especially in our industry for us as drivers. I want to start with my own personal preference because there's some things I don't like. See, I chose to do this because it is an independent contractor arrangement. I prefer, and in fact, I demand that flexibility that goes with it. Now, I'm in Colorado and not in California, but if this were forced upon me and I had to become an employee, I would move on to something else. I just, I prefer that independence, okay? I prefer having the flexibility of being able to make decisions on the fly. And you know what? If Grubhub's not working for me, that I could right away just switch over to DoorDash or whatever. That flexibility in and of itself is huge. And it's that kind of flexibility that would be lost under uh, being in an employment relationship. But That's all, folks. Okay, getting back to the topic here. I don't like the fact that it's boiled down to an either or discussion. I do not like the fact that it forces people to become employees just because they choose to work in certain fields. I think that it's going to create sort of an hierarchy of professions because you choose to work in this profession. You can be an independent contractor, but if you choose to do this type of work, you can't. That to me is wrong. I think there's a a major issue in that. But the other thing I'm concerned about is what this could do to entrepreneurship, because if you're going to limit somebody from being able to go out and find ways to make money, uh, here's the thing. People need to find ways. We're we're in the gig economy is exploding because the gig economy is needed. People need to find ways to make money on their own terms. And that's happening more and more, whether it's a a side hustle, it's a full-time thing. Maybe, maybe for some people that it's because you're retired, but you still need to be productive and you still need to make some money here and there. And having that kind of flexibility as an independent contractor, it appeals to a lot of people. But when we force to become, when we force people to become employees, I just I am so afraid of what that could do to entrepreneurship overall. You know, what are the unintended consequences there? Now, those are my objections to it, but There are a lot of reasons that I actually think that it's necessary. And the bottom line is that these gig companies have totally and thoroughly abused the independent contractor designation. Here's the thing. Most people, when they sign up for a delivery gig, they still think they're employees. Yes, I know the contract very clearly says they're independent contractors, but how many of them even really even know what that means? I mean, seriously, folks, I see people in the delivery forums all the time, and you know that they've got no clue what that means. They still think they're employees. And that's where these companies are very wrong, in my opinion. They know that most of these people, they're clueless and they don't care. In fact, they prefer to keep it that way because if they knew the repercussions tax-wise, if these people knew that they were making well below minimum wage, and most of them are making below minimum wage, and most of those that are don't even realize it because they have no idea what their actual costs are, but if these people knew that they were on their own as far as insurance, if they knew that these companies don't have their backs if they get hurt, if they knew the tax repercussions, all of these things, they would not sign up enough for these companies to have enough people to complete the deliveries. They just wouldn't get enough people to do the work if people understood, really understood, what it meant to be an independent contractor. But the other reason that they're happy to keep it that way is If these people think they're employees, it's easier to control them like an employee without actually getting right down and doing it. And that gets right down to the uh, A test and the ABC. They want you to act like an employee, but not pay for the privilege of having you as an employee. Now, you are at risk in so many ways, and especially if you don't know what it means to be a contractor, and they are happy to keep you at risk. As long as that means that they've got enough people to make their deliveries so that they can make their money. And that is the definition of exploitation. Now I understand I'm a bit of a contradiction here because I don't want to be an employee, and yet I think that they should make people employees, you know? But like I said, I'll move on to something else if it ever comes down to that. But I feel this way about the exploitation thing because here's here's the deal, folks. I've run my own business in the past and I I even run my own business now in something totally different than delivery, but I choose to do that. And I think that's the real key here is whose choice is it? And when I'm back and forth between whether or not they should be allowed to hire contractors or not, I think that's probably the straw that just leans me enough on the side that it should be employees. And that is whose choice is it? Because most people that sign up, they're not thinking that they want to run a business. I can tell you that for sure. They are thinking, "I want to earn a fair price for a fair day's work. I don't care whether I'm an employee or independent contractor, and for all i know it's it's the same thing, just different words right That's how most of them are thinking but That is an employee relationship there. And when you're hiring a massive workforce, you're hiring them at scale to do your work for you. That is an employee thing. That is not an environment where all or even most or probably even a significant number of the people are doing it with the express intent of running their own business. To me, that's the decision maker right there. Now, I said this before, but ultimately, I wish this wasn't the only option, though, because I find myself thinking that if you could require applicants to go through an education process about what it is to be in a contractor, if you could make sure that you've had them sign off on exactly what that means... You sign off on the benefits, the disadvantages, if you had better oversight on these companies to make sure that they're not crossing the line on control, I would much rather see that than just make it a whole scale thing that you've got to be an employee. I'm not sure that's realistic though, but, uh, you know, that's that's kind of like if if I had my druthers, that might be the direction I would go. Okay, so either way, the reality is my opinion one way or the other is not going to change anything. Uh, I don't think anything is going to change anything right now. I'm pretty sure it's going to pass. So the question is, what is it going to look like for California workers when it passes? Let's talk about what happens then and how will it affect everybody? You know, the first question is, if you're in California, are you going to be an employee tomorrow? No, no. Here's the thing. Nothing is changing for a while it's going to take time. You will be a contractor tomorrow. You'll be a contractor next week. You will be a contractor next month and probably even next year. You're not going to be an employee for a while because this takes time. These gig companies, they're going to fight it. They're going to tie it up in court. They're going to try and pass a ballot initiative. You know, it's funny, you can't pay us a decent delivery fee, but you can sink $30 million into a campaign to a uh, fight a law, but uh, that's how important this this uh, making trying to fight this is to Doordash though they're going to put thirty million dollars into a ballot initiative to try and pass a different law. At some point though, these companies will end up having to make a decision. If it does it cost so much, is it possible to be profitable in California if you have to hire employees? Or do you close up shop in California and stay open in other places? And you know what what about Postmates? Postmates has 40% of their business in California. And if they can't make a go in California with the employee model, you know, could that shut them down nationwide if they lose 40% of their business? Could they still stay in business? Could this be the kind of thing that actually forces a sale of Postmates to one of the other companies to DoorDash or to Grubhub or to Amazon maybe. Who knows? how would being an employee be different? You know, in California, tips can't go against the minimum wage. So basically what that means is their pay model is going to be replaced by the minimum wage of $12 an hour. That means you would be getting $12 an hour plus your tips. And California requires that you get reimbursed for your expenses. So you get vehicle reimbursement. Now, I don't think you're going to see as much as what the IRS says at $0.58. Cents. There's, there's usually some wiggle room in that, but I sure wouldn't be surprised to see it being 30 to $0.40 cents a mile on top of that $12 an hour on top of your tips. And then, of course, your, your tax withholding and all the, the other things, the insurances and things like that that go with being an employee. But here's some other changes. The company can now control you in ways that it could not before, or at least in ways it wasn't supposed to. They can require you to accept orders now. They can tell you what to wear. They can have you wear a uniform. They can tell you what bag to use. They can be your boss now. And there's nothing that stops them from being flexible in the schedule. They're making a big deal about how you'd lose flexibility, but there's no law that says they couldn't be. In fact, I think uh, Deliv switched over to an employee model already in California, and they're still providing flexibility on scheduling. So. It doesn't mean that you lose your flexibility, but they can still have controls over the schedule. They they can put limits on it. You probably aren't going to be able to log in on the fly like you used to be able to or like you can right now. You can't work as many hours as you want like you can now. And because these large companies have benefit requirements for full time, The days of working more than 30 hours a week for any one app are probably going to be over. That would be my guess. The full-time driver is going away unless you can make it by being part-time for several different apps. And then there's that question of whether or not they can have you sign a non-compete. I don't know the California laws around that, but you might have less flexibility being able to work for other apps. You might not be able to. You can pretty much guarantee that you wouldn't be able to multi-app like you can right now. But then if they're paying you a decent enough amount of money now, maybe you wouldn't need to do that. So I don't know. But those are some of the things that would change for, for you if you were an employee. Okay, so now the question is, how does this affect those of us who are not in California? Because see, like I'm in Colorado. So the thing that you got to remember, this is only California legislation. This is not nationwide but there will be a ripple effect. And I can guarantee that much. I think the first thing that's going to happen is the whole country is going to be watching. And there, there's a lot of states that I think are thinking about doing something very similar to this. They're going to watch California for a little while and see what does this do to their economy? Is it going to topple their economy? Is their economy going to be in great shape after they make this change? You know what I mean? And, and when they look at that, And especially if things are going well, they may be a lot more likely to adopt similar legislation. And and a lot of those states that are more likely to do that are ones that have a lot of people. And ultimately, what that could mean is you've got a very significant portion of the workforce for these companies that are now employees when that happens. Now, there are some states, there's no way they're making a change. I don't expect you would ever see Texas make that change, for example. You know what I mean? They're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. But the other thing is, what does this do to these companies? Because let's let's talk about Postmates for a minute. You know, here's the thing is, you know, the big question I think with Postmates is, can they be profitable in California with employees instead of independent contractors? Because California is 40% of their market. And if they've got to pull out, I don't think they could afford to pull out and give up 40% of their business. And, uh, but if they can't make it in California, once again, I think that this could topple them if they can't figure out a way to make the employee model work in California. And, you know, you've got to ask about all the other companies as well, uh, because, uh, you know, all of them, if they're, they've got a significant portion of their employees now in other States that are employees, you know, what does that do? Right. You know, you go back to Postmates that if, I think that this could be the kind of thing that would actually force them then to get very serious about sale talks to, you know, DoorDash or Amazon or Uber Eats or whoever. You know what I mean? Uh, I I think, honestly, I would not be surprised if if we don't see this being the end of Postmates. And what does it do to some of the other companies? That's a good question. I think I'm going to throw one idea out there that ultimately, this is my guess, that I think it's going to put an end to the independent contractor relationship for all of these nationwide companies when it's all said and done, when everything is shaken out, whether or not the individual states have made the change. And this is the reason why I say that is if they've got to go to an employee relationship with a significant part of their workforce, you know, there's a lot involved with just getting the infrastructure in place to do that. And there's a huge inefficiency with working with two different types of workforces. But the other reason that I say that is because now that they've got a lot of employees and they can control the outcome a lot better because they are employees, and not independent contractors, they can control now whether or not orders are getting picked up they can uh, they have a lot better control over customer satisfaction because of that and the other thing that has to happen is that when they get employees they've got to get a heck of a lot more efficient in the way that they do things i honestly i believe that grubhub could probably if they fixed the efficiencies they could work on probably 60% of their workforce and uh you know if of what they do right now, and you put them under an employee model, there's a good chance you could end up making that change without actually having that dramatic increase in cost, all by just fixing those efficiencies. And if they fix those efficiencies in other places, in the places where they've got employees, does it make sense to continue to operate with the independent contractor model in those other states? And so that's, that's where I see that it could end up going. Now, that's just kind of me thinking off in la-la land. You know, I don't know that I've got any solid data to really put behind that, but that's kind of what I think could happen. So, okay, Courier Nation, I just took a pause uh, to go check and see. So far, no news yet. I haven't seen anything about a vote yet uh, in the Senate. So as far as I know, everything is still the same way as it was. But the question being, I'm pretty sure this is going to pass. And the question is, what do we do next? All right. That's the million dollar question. What about for us now? What do we do right now if and when this passes? And the first thing that I would tell you is just relax nothing's changing right away. Okay. There's, there's a lot that's got to happen before actual changes take place. So you're going to have plenty of time to make any kind of decisions that you need to make. Just, just relax. Don't get too worried yet and don't get too excited yet because if you think it's a good thing for you, it's not going to happen right away. So just, just kind of, you know, hold it in a little bit and relax. Number two is search your soul. And just ask yourself, how do you feel about being an employee? I know that some of you would much, much rather be an employee. Uh, you would rather have some of the protections. You would rather have some of those things. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of you are like me where the the independence and the flexibility mean an awful lot more and we're willing to say, I'm okay if I don't have some of those protections. And that's okay too. But you've just got to kind of make that decision. Where do you stand? How do you feel about that? Because that's going to help you make decisions as things start to happen wherever you are. You know, one of the things that I would tell you to do is maybe you want to start looking into what could happen in your own state, all right? What are your state laws about employment and about minimum wage? And what's the minimum wage for a tipped worker in your state? Because like in California, you can't apply tips against minimum wage. It's, it's minimum wage plus your tips. Uh, California, or in, in Colorado, I think $8 is the minimum wage for a tape tipped worker, which is about $3 less than the normal. So it's somewhere in between. Uh, there are some states where it's $2.17 is the minimum wage. And so it's going to make a big difference depending on what state you're in if you become an employee. And, uh, you know, the other thing you want to know is what does your state require about reimbursement for expenses? You know, you can just Google that, uh, does Colorado require reimbursement for expenses for employees, you know, do something like that and, uh, find out what that is, because that's going to tell you whether or not they can cover some of that stuff, because then you've got an idea what it would look like in your state if you were to become an employee. I think the big one, though, that I would tell you to do is, man, focus on what what you would do next, Do you know, because things can change. This is the kind of thing that could totally change the whole industry. Uh, It's the kind of thing that's got the potential to totally wipe out the industry. If these companies say, yeah, no, we're not going to have it, you know, if we're not going to do employees, our business model does not support having employees, and we're going to close up shop. What do you do now, employee or not? Even even without those changes, guys, you want to think about having an exit plan. You want to start thinking about what's next, because even even if nothing changes, there's such a low ceiling on what we do. You know, it might meet your needs right now. It might very well exceed your needs right now. And uh, whether or not you're doing this as a side hustle or whether you're full time, you've got to start asking yourself though will this continue to meet your needs? Can this grow with you as your aspirations as your needs as as your expectations grow? And you know in the gig economy the trend is the opposite way. So it's time to start thinking about what's next. I don't think this is going to make a huge change for a long time, but there will be huge changes. It just is going to take time. And you want to start being ready for that what do you want to do when you grow up? You know what I mean? And what do you got to do to get there? Now's the time to really start thinking about that kind of thing. Start thinking about how can you grow from this? How can you take what you're doing and grow from there? Folks, AB5 is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And it's going to change the landscape in California. That's going to take time. It is going to change the landscape nationwide but that also is going to take time. Folks, I mean, it could make the Entree Courier obsolete because this whole website and this podcast were designed to help people thrive in an independent contractor environment. And if that environment goes away, well, this website's no good anymore. But you know what? If it's better for everybody, that's okay. I'm okay with that. We're getting so much closer to knowing what's going to happen in California. It's almost a given that it's going to become a law. But there's also a lot we don't know. We don't know how it'll shake out. We don't know how long it'll take. But the bottom line that I want to leave with you when we think about this is the whole theme of this website and of this podcast is be the boss to take control of your life, your career, your business. And being the boss means don't be at the mercy of the changes with these companies. You know, DoorDash is going through a pay model change. You don't have to be at the mercy of that if you decide you're the one to take control of your life. And you don't have to be at the mercy of whatever happens with this legislation if you decide you're going to be the boss and take control of your life. Keep your options open. Stay in tune with everything that's happening. Stay ahead of everything and continue to be the boss. Your Nation, it's going to wrap it up for this episode. But uh, coming up, we do have a couple of interviews lined up that I'm really excited about, and I look forward to introducing you to some individuals that they may not need introduction. I don't know, but they've really helped a lot of drivers, and and we want to have them share some of their insights and and especially expertise in in particular areas. Now, we're also going to get a chance. We'll go into Uber Eats. How's Uber Eats as a platform? And we'll do that just like we did with. Postmates and with Grubhub in previous episodes. Folks, we've had a lot of activity lately on the Entree Courier website. So go to com, or you can go to deliveronyourbusiness.com and then just click on blog. And you can see some of the stuff because we've been talking a lot about DoorDash and with their pay model. Last week's episode, we talked about DoorDash, how they were as a company, but since putting that out, DoorDash has started testing their new pay model in some markets. And so we've talked a lot about that. So you may want to go ahead and check that out. because and, and once the dust has settled on their pay model, then we can wrap up our whole section on how each platform is to work with. And we can then get a chance to talk about DoorDash in that light as well. Folks, I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for those who have subscribed. If you've not subscribed to this podcast, please do so. And you can find us on any of the sites, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I still wish I could call it iTunes because it just you know it's, it just sounds cool to say I'm on iTunes, but I can't do that anymore because they changed it. But any of those sites, uh, subscribe, leave a review there because that helps us get found. And folks. If, if any of the information that you're getting from our website or from the podcast is useful at all, please share the word. Let people know that are in delivery about the Andre Courier because if it's helping you, I think reaching out to them and helping them to find us can help them out as well because we want to help people just take control to be the boss. And folks, that's the one thing that I ask you as I uh, depart for today is go take control of your life, your career, go and be the boss.